You're listening to the Recovering Religion Podcast, a show where I explore religion through my new experience. This is my personal unconversion therapy outlet, so I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, for more information about me and what I'm trying to do through this organization, um, you can always visit Religion Recovery, that's all one word, R-E-L-I-G-I-O-N-R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y.com in your web browser, and uh, thanks again for your support. Welcome back to another episode of the Religion Recovery Podcast. We got Julie in the house for part two on our (laughs) epic interview. Um, If you haven't listened to part one, go listen to it. Um, That episode is already up by now. So if you can, go take take a listen and let us know what you think. Um, If you agree that um, Jesus had normal body parts like everyone else. Be sure to like and share that. Um, if you don't think Jesus had normal body parts, be sure to still like and share it anyways and let us know um, <laughs> exactly what you think. And I'm going on a full pot of coffee right now, so this should be fun. Um, <laughs> so we're to pick up where we left off, um, Julie was letting us know about the Gnostic Gospels, which... If you don't know, in brief, go back and listen to the last episode, you slackers. Um, go back and listen a little <laughs> bit more towards the towards later end of the episode if you need to, about 13 minutes after I'm done talking my ass off, then um, that's wherever the good shit happens <laughs> when Julie starts talking more. So you could skip ahead all of that shit and just go to when Julie's talking. Um, but without further ado, back to the Gnostic Gospels, um, this relatively new discovery of something that's been pretty old and pretty covered up in history of Jesus and his relationship with Mary Magdalene. Um, I feel like I'm TMZ right now. I'm like live reporting from Phoenix today. uh, (laughs) Tell us your reaction, Julie, to finding out that Jesus uh, yeah, may have had an affair. Scoop. Get the scoop on Jesus. Yes. It's like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like breaking news. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus of all people did have a penis and he did actually like a girl. So there you go. At least we narrowed that shit off the list. So I was like, <laughs> but um, check, check, it check, check, check and double check on that. So, um, that's that's definitely two things more than uh, than I have on my end. So I got. <laughs> so we're gonna be covering here. Uh, <laughs> as I go back to my notes here, is that I was gonna say on here like your a lot of a lot of the stuff kind of that we talked about even ahead of time too. I was like, I really love how even though even though like you're sharing a lot of new information and it's new stuff that you're learning. That's why I love having you on because I never feel when I have you on or that I've heard from any of the people that are listening that they've ever felt judged by learning shit from you. Mm. And I love that because it feels like it's a safe place talking to you, not to sound like a typical liberal douche, no. but you know what I mean? Like, you know, that makes it's me so happy that that, that, is, yeah. that is literally what I want to provoke. I want to provoke a safe space <laughs> of seeking and learning and just communication about any and all things. Absolutely. So that makes me really happy to feel that, that I am imparting that sense of acceptance and we're just here to, to, to just learn and grow together. No judgments. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No judgments, no judgments. And, and I love it because 
your your story is so intermingled with that of being treated like Mary Magdalene in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I feel that Mm -hmm. I feel like I relate with that in so many ways, too, that that I've had like those moments of being easily accepting what the the cisgender cis normal shit is about an issue just because it's easier to blend in to believe that shit. It's very easy to fall in line like a lot of disciples do. And it's a lot harder to blaze your own trail. And that's what I feel like that at least the story of the Gnostic gospels too, that Mary actually has a narrative, which is so like, it gives me goosebumps. I don't know if you could see it or not, but it gives me goosebumps because mm. <laughs> it's it's so cool to hear that because that's how was Christianity founded? It was founded off of the word of women. And if you don't believe me, go and read your own gospel account mm-hmm. in, in the canonical gospels is that all of this, who, who in the world were the first people that supposedly have heard this good news? It was the women that were often not considered even important or considered that they were worth an eyewitness testimony in a court of law back then. Cause you had to have, you had to have two mm-hmm. women to equal a man's, mm-hmm. you know, type of decision in a rule in a court of law. So they wouldn't just normally have accepted what they're saying in the first place. Do you see such a problem with that? Like, I feel like that shit has carried over into the church. Oh, yeah. So much. Am I crazy on that? No, not at all. I mean, that's, that's, well, I mean, why was Mary's gospel tucked by under a rock for hundreds of years until recently just discovered by accident? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. there is a power complex, (laughs) you know, there, there's, there, there is absolutely a power complex within, within the Christian faith and and in many other cultures and faiths and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just part of our evolving, you know, I mean, power Mm -hmm. is, Power is pretty much always going to be manipulated and abused and um, uh, used to exploit others for the for the greater gain of, of the one. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just so much of what and I, and I, I mean, that's very true in, in, in the Christian faith. I mean, it's it's it's, it's very um, it's very apparent, like you're saying. I mean, I I got to tell you, when I when I started studying Mary Magdalene's gospel and these Gnostic gospels and just to throw out there the word Gnostic. That actually, that's the Greek, that, that comes from the Greek word for knowledge. Like mm-hmm. the, these, these gospels have been labeled as just texts of knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. um, nobody is trying, no, you know, people, I think people know now that there's no reason to try to like, you know, interrupt the canonical gospels and try to advocate to get these texts into, because everybody knows it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, exactly. It, it, just, it just wouldn't work. Like, like these, these texts would never be accepted in, in the current biblical doctrine, you know, for, mm-hmm. for many different reasons. But a lot of it is because much of the teachings out of these Gnostic gospels are from women. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it, a lot of this stuff is from the perspective of Mary Magdalene. And if you read through any of this stuff or study any of it, you'll realize like what a huge, as you're saying, Tyler, what a huge presence the women had in the gospel, in, in the life of Jesus, in, in, in his own evolution, in his human mm-hmm. experience. And so, so we were just talking in the last, you know, um, session, you know, that we had just a lot about, you know, 
you know, Mary Magdalene and who she was and how she came in connecting with Jesus and the fact that they, according to these texts and her gospel, um, you know, very much had a romantic sexual relationship. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, now we're going to kind of come into the, um, the conclusion of her life with Jesus and, 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 and how it looks and how we can kind of take some of these, these things that we've learned from the Gnostic gospel into, um, you know, our everyday living and how it relates to things that are going on in the world now. Um, so essentially, so, so let's hold space for a moment, you know, for, for, for this relationship that was developed between Mary Magdalene and Jesus. And they were very much, it's apparent in the text that they were very much in love and that they were very much, um, uh, you know, on a spiritual path together of evolving and um, gaining further spiritual awarenesses. <clears throat> and they, they loved and supported each other in, in, in this entire process. And they spent, I mean, that they, they, you know, much as the disciples, I mean, Mary was a disciple of Jesus. Like they were mm -hmm. also intertwined romantically, but Mary was absolutely a disciple. She, she was given precedence and knowledge that the, the male disciples were given. And a lot of times the male disciples are picked in the Gnostic text is getting kind of uppity about that. Like, why are you mm -hmm. sharing these truths with this woman? And why are you even listening to the things that she has to say? And, you know, Can't and, be and trusted. why are you kissing her? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So you should be um, kissing the bros so again. You should be kissing all the bros, yeah, not yeah, kissing exactly. this chick. <laughs> I'll kiss all the bros. Why are, don't be kiss kissing the bros. Thank so, you. <laughs> So they, they really come through, you know, I mean, even in the midst of, you know, here's the son of God, you know, with all of the, these disciples and Jesus is accepting this, this female disciple as his own. I mean, they, they essentially had to kind of fight for her space there, you know, in so many ways that the, the whole time, you know, the, the whole journey of his ministry, you know, people were mm -hmm. judging and, you know, not understanding why he had this woman so close to him and, and, and so on and so forth. So even then, and even now, I mean, that's, that's, that's a accurate depiction of our culture, right? Is like mm -hmm. just how, how challenging it still is to, to, to accept that, that, that females have so much to offer, you know, by way of mysticism. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so holding space for that, that, that Jesus and Mary kind of had this tumultuous thing where, you know, they just spent, they, they spent every waking moment together, just like the disciples did with Jesus. Mary was there with Jesus, you know, last several years of his life with him, with the disciples on his ministry, building that relationship, you know, they were romantically involved. And so let's take a moment to kind of look at the perspective of Mary as she is sitting under the cross, watching her beloved be crucified. How does that shift our view of, of the crucifixion in and of itself, that this woman mm -hmm. who was very much in love with Jesus, because that, that, that's a view and a, and a, and a perspective that, that most people don't have, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it was his mother. It was these, you know, these, these women who were at the cross, you know, just mourning him, you know, um, and there's a lot they of weren't just groupies. space for that too. Yes. But, th but they weren't just groupies. Yes. These mm -hmm. were, these were people who had, intimate personal relationships with this man and you know when you having that understanding of mary's relationship with jesus and considering her being present at the crucifixion how does that how does that impact you and for me it's overwhelming i mean the, the act and the voice of true love and acceptance was right there beneath him as he was crucified and where are the men the men flee 
The men have mm -hmm. left. They're, they're nowhere in sight. They're nowhere to be found. They're, they're, they're afraid of judgment. You know, they're, they're, they can't get past the cost. They can't get past mm -hmm. the cost. They're devastated that their friend, their mentor has, has been murdered. Um, while the women stay right there in the midst of it, Mary's right there lovingly, wholly accepting and facing what love has to do to transform. This was Jesus's purpose, right? We, we can mm -hmm. all say that, you know, in the life of Jesus, this is what it all came down to was him being yeah. crucified and sacrificing himself, you know, for, for his truths and for his life here. Um, her heart of courage is astounding and, and it empowers me to find love as the ultimate weapon in transformation and breakthrough. And mm. so, I, you know, I really feel so like true. that in and of itself, how do we apply? Yeah. How, so how do we apply that to, to today? How do we apply that, that knowledge and that awareness and that this new, this new awakening of this experience? How do we apply that to today? And the thing that keeps coming back for me is, is, you know, <laughs> The disciples, you know, the, the men, the men decide they can't get past the cost. They can't get past the cost. And what is happening right now with the conservative right, you know, with, you know, you know, just the, the state of our world. So many people here in our country cannot get past the cost. And what's the cost right now? You're being shown your white privilege. You're being shown the injustices in the world. It's in your face. It is in your face now. And the cost is going to be your view and understanding of the world is now upside down. And that's very mm. frightening for people. I mean, I, I know it was for me when I started, you know, seeking an alternate path because the one I was on was just harming me. It was, it, I was inflicting violence upon myself, trying to hold on to all these truths that had been shoved down my throat my whole life, you know, culturally mm. and religiously in a, you know, conservative Christian home. Facts. But I, I feel like what's happening right now is so many of so many of the people in our country right now, you know, look at what happened at the Capitol, right? I mean, for the first time mm -hmm. in, in, you know, set in, a, in over a century, I think it is, you know, the Capitol was stormed. You know, people are, you know, there, there were these, you know, people who were trying to, like, actively trying to overthrow our government, our democracy, because they can't mm -hmm. get past the cost. They can't get past mm -hmm. the cost of you know, this is what my world looks like. And, and, and I'm more valuable than, than other people because I'm, you know, because I'm white, because I'm male, because I'm from this place, because I, because I'm wealthy, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, what's happening in consciousness right now is people are starting to realize and really speak out against that is untruth. That's not true. Mm. Those are not the things that bring value and wholeness to a person or a place or, or an ideal or whatever you want to call it. And so seeing Mary at the foot of the cross, totally and lovingly accepting the evolution of transformation, you know, what Jesus had to do. I mean, she's, she's watching her beloved be, you know, horrendously murdered, you know, I mean, I, I when you think about it from that perspective, it's, it's overwhelming to me, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It really does. It provokes a, a very emotional, you know, kind of response in me, but I think that's what we're being challenged to do right now is to just really let go of the cost and step into a true place of love and acceptance for a need for justice and a need for unity and a need for wholeness in our country mm. and in the, in the ways that we view ourselves and each other. Does that make sense? Mm. What I'm saying? Am I, am I that getting makes my complete point sense. <laughs> no, no, no. That makes complete sense because I was going to add to that. Like it's, it's so important to, to realize that we don't have this shit all figured out. 
is that we don't even realize in a lot of ways mm-hmm. how our privilege has affected even our own views within our little circles is that like we're we are among the most privileged people to ever exist at this time in history and mm-hmm. yet we complain the most we we don't we we literally hoard most of the wealth to ourselves we hoard mm-hmm. all of our shit to ourselves which i get that i get that shit i do i feel mm-hmm. that too i feel that tension but i feel like what julie's talking about too is so essential for us moving forward into 2021 is rebalancing the shit that yes what used to be excess now let's look at what can i do without to help my neighbor what are things that i can do without in my privilege so that someone else gets that opportunity that's that's what i feel that this story gives which is yes it gives a voice to the voiceless it gives a a talking point to an otherwise excluded majority of influencers that should have been listened to, which is women in the church for the last 2000 years. Imagine if the church Mm -hmm. would have listened to so much. It it reminds me of like Zen. It's like listening to Dogen, sometimes listening to Jesus talk is that if you know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about, Dogen is like this Zen master, right? But he, it's so similar, just the duality, how he views things. He's looking at, at shit as this is, it's not one or the other. It's, I'm not going to force you, come as you are, come as you will, come as when you're ready. And that's the thing. Yes. It's like yes. Jesus knew and he held space, like you're saying, for people that weren't ready for this shit yet. And that's okay. Right now, if... Yes. If you just got done yes. with 2020, let me give you permission, as I know Julie would too. Let me give you permission. Take time, iron this shit out with your own self mm-hmm. first, and go back, listen, do what you want to do, don't listen, it doesn't matter. Is it Do what you need to do, what's going to feed your soul right now to kind of get you repaired and built back up to take the, the new truth that we're trying to tell you. That's what I think is probably like the most practical thing you could do is like leave space for this to click in. It's not going to be overnight where you're like, oh, yes. shit, I'm a privileged I'm I'm a no. privileged gay white guy. And it's true. I am. It's very true. And <laughs> and if you don't realize that even in in our circles, you know, then come on. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I feel like that's and- what we're trying to say, too. And that's that's another really good point that I was just going to bring up in this in this um, you know the second piece that we're doing talking about the Gnostic Gospels because we did touch about this in, in the, um, the last episode that we did but mm-hmm. you know that whole <clears throat> you know and balance balance is so important because as I'm saying this as I'm saying like we're being challenged to transform here we're being challenged to get past the cost you know and, and move towards a better better future for ourselves and and and, and our and our people as a whole. You also can't force people into evolution, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we were talking about that, you know, in the Gnostic Gospels, just, just to wrap up real quick, I'll just say again so that, so that we can see where it ties in. But, you know, 
it's it you know it's very fascinating watching mary and jesus build this relationship because mary was a disciple in the gospel she she is in the gnostic gospel she is you know text very much states that she was a disciple she was not just someone who just crawled behind him she was a you know partner in crime you know she did she she ministered with him she did all the things that the that the male disciples did but they were always met with this kind of whoa, <laughs> there's, there's a chick here, you know, and people were always questioning her and her, her, you know, her mystic truths and, and her, um, you know, her worth, you know, and, you know, Jesus never like steps in front of her and gets aggressive with people like, you know, you know, leave my beloved alone or you can, you know, <laughs> he very much respects her and just lets her like, you know, I, I have faith in you being able to, you know, to get your points across and I respect you. But he also respects the space that these other that these other people are in, that these men are in, that these other disciples are in. Like Jesus knows that he can't just, you know, smack them around and shake them until they get it. You you, you mm -hmm. can't teach people evolution. They have to get there on their own. And so the you know, just just to to hold space for that balance. Like, yes, this is what I believe we're being asked and challenged to do in consciousness right now is to get past the cost of things and really start doing what's best for people as a whole and not just me. I'm not just mm -hmm. voting for my, you know, I'm not just voting or, or putting action into what's going to benefit me. I, you know, we're being challenged to step into a place of what's best for people as a whole. What's the best for the least of us? What's best for the kids in cages? What's best for the minorities and mm -hmm. rundown communities that have no out, you know, there, there's no outlets for them. There's no resources for how to, how, because, once we start to actually address those things, it's 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 just gonna snowball, and everything will just mm -hmm. get better. Everything will just get better if we just mm -hmm. have enough. If we can just get outside of ourselves enough to start looking at the whole, what mm. what what do our people need as a whole? We need to start feeding the needs of the of the of the the least of us. You know, the ones that have the least, the ones that that don't have opportunities, the ones that don't have wealth, the ones that if we can start, you know, investing in, in the goodness and the wellness of those individuals and those communities, it's, it's just gonna make everything better. <laughs> it snowballs, mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. violent crime, you know, child abuse, um, you know, violent crime, theft, all those things. If we start providing resources and love and respect to those people, it, it's it's from the ground up. It always has to be from the ground up. Everything mm -hmm. has to be from the ground up. You start from the bottom and you work your way to the top, you know, and I just, it's okay to say that that's, that's what we're being challenged to do, but it's also okay to say, you know, we, we, we can't force a white privileged male in his fifties living in Mississippi <laughs> to do it, you know, <laughs> to, to, we can't expect him to get there overnight. And so, yeah. you know, I say that also to have a sense of compassion for people in this as well, because love is what transforms. Love is always mm -hmm. what transforms. And, 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 you know, it's, it's our job as, you know, kind of, you know, maybe more consciously aware people to impart that love to the lesser and then also to the oppressor. And, and that's, a, that's a really hard, especially in America, I know that's a really hard thing to, um, to hold space for it. And, and believe me, I, you know, I, I believe in justice, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that, um, that I don't, or that there's not room or space for that, but I also mm -hmm. believe, you know, there's a time and space for that. And there's, you know, it's, these, these are the things that we, that we can impart. These are the things that we do have control over is being kind, 
you know, to people mm-hmm. who don't understand, being kind to, to people who are oppressors, like, you know, just sharing kind, gentle conversations with them about, you know, well, this is why I feel this way. And this is how I think it would benefit us, you know, and if they tell you to fuck off, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the, I mean? Then, <clears throat> the, the, then kindly go fuck off. Like that, that's, yeah, that's then the, kindly, exactly. Then, then kindly go that's fuck it. off. But, you know, and I also want to say, you know, I, I was listening to one of our old podcasts the other day, too, Tyler, because I, I do. I mm-hmm. enjoy listening to them and listening to our conversations. <laughs> They're helpful for me, too, sometimes. Um, and, um, you know, I said you had asked me, you know, you were like, what's coming? You know, there's a shift in consciousness, you know, with the. Oh, your audio cut out there, Julie. Sorry, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. you repeat okay, that again. sorry. <laughs> Changing consciousness. Um, yes, you know, uh, you know, you were asking about what's coming next and, and, you know, where is the shift in consciousness happening and what's going to happen with the election because the election hadn't been determined yet. And I made the comment, you know, I said, there's no way, there's, there's no way but forward now, you know, the, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there, there's, there's too much, too many people have evolved now. And, 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 you know, in, in, in evolution, if you're just looking at it from a Darwinism point of view or a spiritual point of view, you don't go backwards. You can't yep. go backwards. You're, you're always moving forward. We're progressing. And we saw that in the election. You know, we got this, mm-hmm. you know, forgive me for stating my truth here, but we got this tyrant out of office mm-hmm. and we have a much more, um, you know, peacefully minded, gentle male, you know, in, in a state of power. It's actually doing everything that he can, you know, with, within his ability, I feel, to to really shift the structure of our of our country politically and, and you know, communally and otherwise. Big and time. so I would just say, because it, it it can still seem so far away, you know, like mm-hmm. where we want to go as, as a as a people, you know, in this country, it can still seem so far and it is in a lot of ways it's still where where i want to see us is still very far away but we're getting there we are getting there we are taking steps people's voices are being heard more people are speaking out on behalf of the whole instead of the one and that Mm -hmm. is that is so wonderful (laughs) like i i just finally (laughs) is that that is that is that is occurring. That is happening. Like things are getting better. It's going to take time, but things are mm-hmm. getting better, and they are progressing in a more positive, unified direction um, where we're looking at the needs of the whole instead of the few. Words are sorcery, and that was like a weird phrase that I heard um, the other day, and I was like, "This is really interesting," because I never thought, as I pull up my notes, I never thought that that would ever like cross my mind. And I was like, words are sorcery. Like how? And I was like, as in like my immediate Baptist, like unevolved brain, the, the pre it's the single celled organism of my old Baptist remains, whatever (laughs) is left of them um, was like sorcery. I'm like, God damn, you know, it's a Harry Potter (laughs) bullshit. And that's like, it's an old man inside of me that I'm still trying to exercise and get out. So, sure. uh, <laughs> but I, I heard it as like, words are sorcery. They are untapped sources of power. And I heard this in that book that I was telling you about um, before we started, which is 
a book that is um, I highly recommend this shit. Um, it's called Like Streams to the Ocean by Jedediah Jenkins. And it's uh, notes on ego, love, and the things that make us who we are. Um, also a deconstructing former Christian um, who came out as gay later in his life as well um, to everyone. It was, I found some interesting parallels there. And I was like writing down some notes on this shit. And I was like, you know, this is some, this is some crazy shit because if we looked at words as energy, as we saw words as things that could um, accomplish kind of our goals that we have in mind, how would we say that our energy is normally looking to other people? And that's kind of like the, the thing of what I want to talk about is that in 2021, I feel like the energy is already very different. And I feel like our words are so much more powerful, even more so now than they ever have been. And to you, what do you think, Julie? Like in terms of words having power, what does that mean to you in terms of like, it, let's tie this all together with the Gnostic Gospels. Like how exactly how exactly does that help w with your view of of words, words that Jesus has said, words that Mary Magdalene has said, how does that affect you hearing that? So I guess the feeling that comes to mind as we're talking about this subject for me is kind of like, so first of all, words, words are empty without intention. W words can just be an empty vessel without, without, you know, you know, in, in tune intention or practice, you know, uh, in, intentional intention, <laughs> not to be repetitive, but, no, but to yeah. just make that statement. So, I mean, words do, they, they, words just create so much. I mean, they, they, they literally create the world that we live in, you know, by way of the intention behind the words. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm thinking of a quote. Um, if any of our listeners are familiar there's an author who talks who who has written several books regarding um, Toltec wisdom, and his name is Miguel Ruiz. Um, and one of my favorite books that he wrote um, was um, actually called The Voice of Knowledge. Um, I love that book. And it's it's a book that just talks about the reality that we create for ourselves, and and how to how to practically and healthily move through our reality. And to quote him, I actually pulled up a quote for him. Find okay. yourself and express yourself in your own particular way. Express your love openly. Life is nothing but a dream. And if you create your life with love, your dream becomes a masterpiece of art. Mm -hmm. And so we, all we're doing in this life is we're, we're dreaming. We're, we're dreaming. We're, we're totally creating our own consciousness and our words totally tie into that, in, into that reality. You know, our, mm. our words, our actions, and most importantly, our intention is what creates our dream. And, and if, you know, I mean, it, this can become a whole thing in and of itself, like looking at things from this perspective. I mean, we are creating so much of our own world. I mean, you know, just me and mm. you sitting here talking, you know, we're, we're creating our own, our own feelings, our own reality, our own space. And, you know, I, I think it's also important to point out if, if you live in a past dream, then you don't enjoy what's happening right now because you will always wish it to be different than it is. Hmm. Um, 
there is no time to miss anyone or anything because you're you're alive, not enjoying what is happening right now is living in the past and being only half alive. This leads to self-pity and suffering, you know, self-made suffering and tears. And so I just, that's kind of the feelings that, that are provoked in me when you're talking about like, you know, the power that our words have. And that's true because we're, we're all creating our own dream right now. We're all creating our own reality, our own universe. And, and our words are so much of, of what create that, you know, our words, mm -hmm. the intention behind the words, our feelings, our thoughts, our experiences. I mean, we're, we're I mean, we're an entire universe within ourselves, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, and we're, we're really, you know, and I love this term. I say this a lot. We're, we are actually co-creators with God. I feel we're co-creators with divinity. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're creating with God all the time, every day, like everything that we do, you know, I, I it's, do, it's I a collaborative process. It is, it is. It's, it's a communal process. And I do believe that divinity provided us with that. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate to me that so many of us have kind of gotten away from the knowledge of the power behind mm. behind behind that you know behind you know our ability to create our own dream our, our ability to create our own realities and um but there is there is so much power in in what you're saying power in our words our intention and our actions and mm -hmm. i mean it's it's really our i mean it is it's our divine responsibility to do the best that we can with those things and it's it's like interesting to me because when i think about it i'm like I'm like, this is, it's more, it, it reminds me of the story of Mary Magdalene reminds me a lot of being told a story for so long that you've seen from just this one perspective, mm -hmm. but it would be like watching all of the star Wars franchise just from the normal perspective as the rebel is, you know, the good guys, the empire, the bad guys. And this is kind of the way that they're oppressing freedom and shit, but it would be like in a weird way. And I'm not saying she's the evil one at all, but I'm, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm no. saying like, wouldn't it be yes. interesting though, from that perspective to get it from the empire side. Mm -hmm. And would it be interesting to see that what's going on in the shadow parts of the story that we never knew about that gives so much depth and adds so much texturing to give some Minecraft terms for everybody listening, some <laughs> texturing um, to this character, this, this shading of this character, which in a lot of ways, I feel like th that's a very kind of, that's literally also what I'm talking about too, because a literal shading is in like, we've whitewashed the fuck out of Christianity and whitewashed the fuck mm -hmm. out of this tradition. And in my brain, I'm like, the world in a way is is reshaping is reshifting is resettling back into allowing those that are in the shadows to come out to the light and those that are light to go back into the shadows again um mm -hmm. some you know going back to you know their resort in florida some going into the white house interesting yes. it's all balance and the same way too it's like th there's there's chaos there's peace there's there's all of this, this like tumultuous last few years. And then there's boring. And then you're like, holy shit, I miss boring. <laughs> and it, it's that, it's that thing of like, like, holy shit, this entire time we've got the perspective of seeing in the shadows of like white nationalism, 
all of this shit that's going on, a lot of racism, and not saying that every single thing that we see is a result of that. Not everything is. There isn't a white supremacist hiding behind every bush, but there is behind every Capitol building. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. And so Definitely. my my only point of that is like saying, tell me about the shadow. So tell me, tell me things that you've experienced because I feel like I feel like the the disconnection from a lot of people is like, okay, so how can how can an old tradition give me life today? And how would you say in ways like tell me things that you've that you've achieved that you've realized that there's a dark side that comes with it too? Because I feel like that's the double-edged sword of Mary Magdalene too, in a lot of ways, is that like there's there's so much darkness, but there's also so much light. And Absolutely. there's there's that there's that sex work, but then there's the the fucking mm-hmm. like the biggest thing that could have ever changed the world is if we would have just fucking listened to these chicks instead of trying to burn them or drown them constantly. Absolutely. Throughout Absolutely. church history. And and to and to you know to quote Mary Magdalene in her in her gospel, you know, it, it, she says. I suffered much because I love much and to love is to open yourself mm. up wholly and fully to something or someone outside of your own self. This act in and of itself promotes the emptying of our small selves. Our one-sided mm. perception of the world kind of evaporates and we begin to see the world from a broader perspective. And the more one loves, the more one knows the world because you're allowing mm. yourself to see things through the other perspective, like what you're talking about the empire. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to open my spiritual vulnerability and try to see things from these people's perspectives so that I can gain a sense of, you know, humanity for them. You know, even though I, mm-hmm. I feel they they're wrong or we can say they are wrong. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's never, it's never a bad thing to to allow yourself to look into things from the perspective of others because that's that's the only place that understanding can occur and understanding is so much of what provokes peace it is just people being willing to say you know what i understand where you're coming from and, and i can mm. hold space for that but how do we find a balance in the middle and you know kind of to go back to your 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 your, your inquiry about you know um you know the, the shadow self the darkness you know um what is there to gain from that? And, you know, for me, I say this a lot because this is something that, you know, in, in my spiritual thinking and in, in, in all of my suffering, you know, and everything that I have experienced over the years, the darkness is essentially to me, the darkness is the void. It's, it's the, mm-hmm. it's the empty, it's the unknowing, it's the, the fear. It's the, it's just, it's just this, this, this perspective of void. But the void is where the answers lie. The void is where creation occurs. I mean, think about the darkness in the womb. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, it, it's it's how we begin. It's literally how we start our lives in this in this place of absolute darkness. You know, and, and mm. why does that have to be? Why does that have to be a bad thing to be feared? You know, and I mean, we, mm. and 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 to really, you know, kind of have a willingness to step into the darkness and the void, you're really kind of coming into self, like you're, 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 you're turning inward, you're turning it, you know, because you're a lot of times people who are, who are experiencing that kind of darkness and that void, they're, they're, they're feeling very isolated, you know, they're, they're just Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, just going through the motions They're they're feeling very alone. And, 
again, I just feel like that's just where so much of our, of, of the ability to create our dream, to create the intention behind our words, to create our realities. It's out of those moments that, that, that the construction of a better life is born out of those mm-hmm. things. And so, and I've said this before in our episodes, like I, I have a reverence and, and a respect for, you know, sin, for suffering, because it's, it, it's, it's, it's got so much to teach us, you know, mm. and, and I'll just say, you know, sin is its own punishment. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have this sense of like, you did something wrong and, you know, there is such a thing as karma, but that's just literally what I said. Sin is its own punishment. You know, sin is, yeah. is its own, uh, consequence even is a better word, not even punishment, but consequence, you know, sin is its own consequence, but the, the, those are mm-hmm. the ways in which we learn and in, in, in which we evolve. And Father Richard Rohr, who's, who's a, a author that Tyler and I talk about a lot, the, yeah. the, the, the most current book that he wrote, <clears throat> Um, I think it's called Order, Disorder, Reorder. And he mm. talks a lot about this. Um, and, you know, Richard is, 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 is not far from the veil right now. He's very sick. He's, he's, he's battling illnesses and he's getting up there in age. And I know he's probably going to be departing this world fairly soon. Um, and this is, as I understand it, he actually said this will probably be his last work, his last oh, book no. that he writes. Um, and it is, it's so much about, and, it, and it's what we're experiencing in the world and in our country right now too, is, you know, things have been this way for a very long time, but we're, we're, we're evolving. We're, we're, we're getting, we're getting smarter because we've been in that void. We've, we've been touching that darkness. We've been having those experiences and allowing ourselves to evolve out of it. And it's out of all that darkness that, that we're creating a new, a reorder of things. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. this is, I mean, if you just want to even talk about, you know, the, the science of creation, you know, this is, you know, I mean, you're looking at the big bang and, and everything else, everything starts with darkness. Everything starts mm-hmm. with darkness. You know, it, it, creation comes out of darkness, us in the womb, you know, the big bang, mm-hmm. the, the, the cosmos coming into existence. I mean, everything starts in darkness in and of itself. And it's not something to be feared. You know, it, it's, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody, nobody just wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to choose to lose my child. I'm going to choose to get a divorce. I'm going to choose, you know, whatever it is that provokes all that suffering and heartache, you know, we were forced into those things. We don't choose those things. I mean, I know I wouldn't, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. those, those no. things are imparted to us with purpose. Those things are imparted to us so that we do have opportunities to get into the darkness and to create, to reorder our lives in a better way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's weird too, because I was like, I was going to tell you the story because yeah. like, it just happened to me last night. And I was just like, oh, as wow. soon as you said that, I was like, this is so weird that I'm having this realization now. And it was like, it was, it was like the other night too, it came to mind because we were just laying on the couch we were just, just watching like Netflix and shit and just sitting there canoodling and laying on the couch and shit and just holding hands. And we were just watching shit. And it was just like, it was so normal. Mm. and like thank god that something's normal now and that's what i feel like is that 
for a long time, I felt like I tied the identity of my sexuality, of my happiness, of my, you know, uh, my sexual preference as something that was the darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that a lot of times, a lot of times for those that are listening too, you may have been told too that you are you're sinning in your current lifestyle that you're fucked up in your current lifestyle, how you are. And the thing is, is that if you're being told that because of your gender, because of who you love, because of, you know, even what you believe, then you probably need to distance yourself from the people that are telling you that bullshit. And a lot of it for me is that I had to cut out a lot of the noises, a lot of the pastors, a lot of the, the other shit that weren't affirming to who I really was. And Father Richard Rohr, for example, is a great contrast of every other pastor for the most part that I've seen. There are a few exceptions. Yes, I have friends that listen that are that are great, nice supporters that have no that have not said a fucking word negative about me that I know of. Um, you know, they may disagree on certain things, but they we still have mutual respect for each other. Um, I can't say the same that that's been my experience throughout most of the Christians I've encountered um, after I came out. And the thing is like, it was really nice that I have been kind of allowing myself to be overtaken by who I really am. If that makes any sense too. Oh, that's and I'm beautiful. like, that's and so I was just beautiful. like, it was nice. It was like last night I was like sitting there and I was like, and I was getting ready to go lay in bed and I'm just kind of staying there. And it's 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 definitely a vulnerable moment. I don't have my clothes on, whatever. But it was like it was. I was just kind of sitting there for a second. I was sitting on the bed, and I was like, you know what? This is so good, and so holy in its own way, and so right in its own way that mm. I love this man. This man loves me, and we share a bed without any fear of repercussion because of it. And I'm like, that's privilege. Mm-hmm. And it's like it all fucking connected. It all connected. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the beauty of living in darkness for years and then coming into the light. Is that what I thought was the darkness was actually the light of me being authentic. And most yes. of the time, the darkness has been oppressive religion, oppressive pastors, oppressive theological systems that yes. are that are mind controlling mind-numbing virus shit and worse than COVID-19 not to downplay it but I'm telling you what like there's more people are you know getting high as fuck off of the recreational teat that is religion than they are ever off of anything that's been legalized in any of the states Mm -hmm. and that's just like that's my opinion but I'm like I felt like for me it's it's coming full circle which is beautiful and I'm like I love, and I was like, for me, that was a beautiful moment for me mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I just wanted to be like, to you, like, what's a beautiful kind of synchronicity moment like that for you that you have? Is there a moment where you're kind of, you you look at yourself now and you're like, holy shit, this is actually like, this is working. This is, you know- this is actually like, this is it. This is me. You're yes. comfortable in your own skin. Like, when does that yes. happen? I asked you like 20 so, questions, but like, when does that <laughs> fucking happen? 
God well, damn, Julie, help us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, first of all, I want to say thank you for sharing that. And I mean, that is, I mean, for me, that's, 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 that is so much the purpose of just being alive and, and walking in, in this, in this world and walking through this journey is we're all trying to find our way back to ourselves, which, which thus is the source. We're all trying mm -hmm. to find our way back to the source. And that is through ourselves. It's through ourselves. And during my season of spiritual seeking a few years ago, I had a moment where I, I don't know, in my entire being came to the knowing of, I am not my sin. My sin is a consequence of my human experience, but it does not define me and it does not hold all that I am. If anything, it's one of the lovely, vulnerable things that make my humanity so beautiful. And it's a way in which God delights in me. It is God's desire to love and be loved, to be seen and also see. And God chose us. He chose you, Tyler. He chose me to be a mirror of his goodness, even in the midst of our sin and our challenges and our, our mistakes. We exalt his goodness because we give his love a place to go. And when you look at life in this way, the greatest imperfections become perfection through the eyes of God, mm. you know? And so, I mean, you know, me being a member of the LGBTQ community, you know, me being someone who, who actively stepped outside of this, this, you know, rigid religious, you know, uh, construct that I have been in my whole life. I mean, I mean, I thought my life was over when I, when I stepped into those things, you know, in, in a way I really did. I, you know, because you're just so beat down. I just got into a place where I was just so beat down and I was like, fine, I'm just going to submit to who I am because nothing else is working. But mm -hmm. then it got so much better. Things got mm -hmm. so much better. Things got so much more um, just tolerable and, and beautiful and lovely. And, and, and I see that in your journey with your partner. And that is a beautiful, wonderful thing to behold because I know what you've been through because I've been through it, you know, coming out of this mm -hmm. faith as someone who's very different and who, I mean, my very existence just challenges everything about that religion, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you exactly. have, you have to, you have to take a step back at some point and say, is my existence, you know, sinful, evil, you know, is my existence just a mistake? And I think if we give ourselves permission to, to ask ourselves those things, I mean, I would hope that, that, that we would all come to, to, to the, to the awareness of, no, you are a beautiful, exalted blueprint of, of God's divine love. Um, you're made exactly the way that you were supposed to be. You're, you're experiencing exactly what you're supposed to be right now. And um, you're doing yourself and your divinity a great disservice by trying to, mm -hmm by trying to, to hide in the shadows longer than necessary. Yeah. At some point we have to step into the light and the come light out, come can out be wherever scarier. you are. Yeah. The light can be even scarier than the darkness for a lot of us, you know? And so, and you know, and my dad says this a lot, you know, he'll say, you'll always choose the devil, you know, over the angel you don't. Because we always chase our familiar. I mean, that's that's a therapeutic so truth. Weird, you said that. that shit. Is... <laughs> I just heard that shit in my book yesterday. He said the no same way. thing. Wow. Same shit. Mm -hmm. Wow. He it's was true. quoting his dad too. Quoting his oh dad too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Super Yay. weird shit. Yay. Oh, I, I love I love hearing about about fathers. Synchronicities. Actually, yeah. Good 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 masculine uh spiritual awareness. That that's that's so good. For so once. For once. <laughs> 
from for once from a a gentleman but you know and i mean the other truth that i stepped into coming coming out of all of that you know uh self-inflicted violence and everything you know just just being afraid to be who i was you know i I also i mean the the term non-dual wisdom non-dual wisdom is the understanding that i am god and god is me i mean truly that's Mm. that's really at the core i mean you can break it down in 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 books but truly that is the core of that of of that wisdom non-dual wisdom is the understanding that i am god god is me we are co-creators in the universe we're doing this shit together he lives in me i live through him it's it's a total communal relational thing and I, I found myself in a position at one point where I where I had to step back and say, as I inflict violence and pain upon myself by trying to be something I'm not, I'm also inflicting pain and violence and disrespect to 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 God, to divinity itself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to hurt God. I don't want to hurt, you know, I don't want to hurt my divinity or the divinity around us. Like I feel like it's a slap in God's face when we just, when our entire existence is nothing but us trying to be something we're not and hide our authentic selves. Mm. Like that, that's, that's 100% all that we're trying agree. to do. That's all that we're trying to do in this world is just figure out how to be at peace with who we truly are. And I'll tell you a lot of the mental illnesses that are, that are in our world right now are because people can't be their authentic selves, anxiety, depression, all of that stuff comes out of, trying to shield who we are, trying to put on a facade, all of the energy and effort we put into trying to, you know, be what we think we're supposed to be successful, you know, in a relationship, you know, whatever that is, it's, it's really, it's harmful. It just becomes harmful. And while I'm thinking about this, I want to, I want to take a moment to, 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 to touch on what you were talking about, you know, you stepping into your authentic self and giving yourself permission to kind of, you know, Finally, as you know, as a as a person that I know, you know, I, I know that you grew up in the faith. You went to seminary school. You know, you were a you were a youth pastor. I mean, your whole life was defined by this doctrine and this faith and everything. And you giving yourself permission as you're stepping into your authentic self, you giving yourself permission to really kind of step away from those people mm-hmm. and that faith. And that's really hard because that's what we've been taught is our sense of community and our sense of family. And if you, and if you step away from that, then you're, then you're totally isolated. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to be on your own. Don't be afraid to trust yourself. Don't be afraid Hmm. to love yourself because you have to do both of those things to really get away from it. And I have a dear, dear friend who a few years ago, um, you know, she, she, she's in a, she's in a, you know, same gender relationship. Her and her wife are married. They're actually expecting, I, I love her. She, she's been a great oh. person in my life and I, I love her dearly, but there was a moment where she, in her coming, you know, and, and she had the same upbringing as we did. Okay. Very, mm-hmm. very similar. I think I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yes. She yeah. had the same upbringing as we did. And um, she, but the difference between her journey and ours is for the longest time, she couldn't give herself separation from it. She, she was mm-hmm. trying to do both. She was trying to, to live an authentic self and be who she was while also surrounding herself with all these people who were still telling her that what she was doing was wrong and evil. Mm-hmm. You can't do both. That is, that is an act of violence against yourself. That will, mm. that, will, that will do nothing to help you evolve. 
If anything, it's just going to keep you in this place of limbo before you get to your next level of consciousness. And mm. I just want to say it is critical for you to give yourself permit. And, and this is a therapeutic truth too. We have to get out of the toxicity to heal. You will never heal as long as you're in that environment and allowing yourself to be in it. Now, I'm not saying you have to completely never talk to anybody again, but I am saying it's critical and crucial for your development to get out of it long enough to heal. And that mm -hmm. takes a long time, especially for people like us who were brought up in this. I mean, it took me years, took me years to heal, it took me years to be able to look at a church or a Christian without just feeling all of this judgment and, you know, anger mm -hmm. and all this, it takes time, but you have to give yourself that time so that you can move forward. Because guess what happened to me is after all those years of anger and, and, you know, just processing through all those traumas and all that judgment, I came back to it. I actually came mm. back to the Christian faith in my own way in, in the way that I felt led by my own divinity. You know, I'm doing all these studies and things and, and, and I just, it's it's okay to give yourself permission to sever those ties, if I'll, even even if just for a moment, so that you can actually give yourself permission to heal, so that you can truly mm -hmm. and authentically and safely walk into your authentic self. Because I really feel that I really feel that if you don't disconnect from your immediate church, from your immediate kind of main source of this shit that you're hearing this negativity from then and and that's not always the case like sometimes there are a lot of affirming very good churches out there like for example sure. the center for action and contemplation in albuquerque mm -hmm. shout out holy shit they are amazing <laughs> and if there is a church that i recommend that you look at it's that one and it's the one it, it and what what is it what's the name of the parish specifically um so the church itself is the uh, holy family catholic church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, the, the main priest there is Father Richard Rohr, who runs the Center for Action and Contemplation, which is a, which is a spiritual school, but he yeah. is tied into, so it's the Holy Family Church Parish in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's Father Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R yes. is his name too. And yes. I want to make sure yes. too, because like for resources and shit, oh my God. Um, what was the, it was the, a mortal diamond of the, yes. Yes. Well, that you was know what I'm talking the about? The name of the book. Yes. That the name of yeah. the book was just an immortal diamond. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was like, cause that was one of the ones that really opened up my eyes to seeing yeah. that, you know, maybe my strict interpretation of Christianity isn't a hundred percent on point. And I started doubting because one of the things that I really enjoy about Richard that, Julie's talked about too, that I think would really help a lot of people listening is that it's nice to hear also from someone, maybe a familiar looking face that mm -hmm. is kind. That's a priest that has a lot of psychological underpinnings too to his stuff um, that do, that does care about mental health. that does take it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very rare combination I'm getting goosebumps even talking about it. That's a rare combination in a church. So uh, for me on a show called religion recovery, if I'm saying, if you are in into searching and finding that is a place that is very open 
to religion or non-religion, but they're just looking for seekers. And that's mm -hmm. what I love is that any religion, any faith that is that seems to me as legit, and I'm not going to say one is right or one isn't, but I say that the more legit it seems to me on people are, are people that are actually like open for no matter who you are and welcome you on your path because they're on a path too. And that's what mm -hmm. I really love is that and that's why I love having Julian because that's one of the things that I appreciate about her wisdom is that you, you have religionless, sexless, ageless wisdom <laughs> that, that can be applied to anyone in any situation, regardless of how deep they're in this shit or not. And that's what I love. Like I got a, um, maybe like a listener question, if you're cool with that, yeah, um, absolutely. from, from my friend, um, who I will not name because I have been asked him if it's okay, if I name his name, but he said it was okay <laughs> if I mentioned at least the question, um, because I really want to hear with you on what you believe on this, because mm -hmm. this is something that we're going to, I'm kind of teasing this too, because mm -hmm. I want to, I want to have you back on to talk more about this too. Um, so here's, here's your invite, uh, for another time, uh, hopefully later this month or next month, we can talk more about it, but I really want to hear on being where you're at now, knowing all of this shit, um, how do you like, how do you cope with the, the fears that used to be associated with the faith of dying? How do you associate, like, we live in a crazy fucking time. We are experiencing mm -hmm. history every day, literally. Yes. And it is, yes. it's exhausting, to say the least. But yes. we're, we're here, and we're alive. We've made it. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to keep, as long as we're here, we're going to keep being positive about, you know, better things. But still, yeah. back into real life, though, um, how do you not just get scared the fuck out of not knowing shit? Because I feel like that's the that's the real question behind this is sure if I don't fucking know is that okay <laughs> and like when well, should I, I know should I know what do you think I think I think that's the point I think the point is to not know you know so so many of the spiritual truths are fundamentally unsolvable and in that way for a reason <laughs> you know and and mm -hmm. i was literally just talking to you about this tyler and i'll and, and i'll just say this because I, I think it's a good way to answer this is you know that that scripture in the bible that says lean not on your own understanding but trust in the word mm -hmm. of god now most christians will argue that that means you're supposed to believe exactly what the bible says literally and that's the absolute truth and it's your job to believe that and make other people believe it but i have Amen, a totally brother. different yeah <laughs> I have a totally different understanding for that scripture now. And to me, what that scripture is saying, it's okay not to know everything. And that's what true faith is. To me, that's what true faith mm. is. True faith is really being able to say, I don't have it all figured out. I don't understand. But I lean on my faith for a loving God who cares for me wholly and completely and just allowing yourself to surrender to that. And, and I'll say too, just in a practical way. So, so I got my second vaccine yesterday, so I'm fully vaccinated now. Yay. I'm good. Confident. Yeah. Which is good. Yay, good. A good thing. Um, but I have a lot of, you know, friends, coworkers who have, you know, expressed, you know, a, a deep seated fear to get this vaccine. 
right? As mm-hmm. many, many people have because they, you know, you know, our, our, our humanity has not been in a situation like this for a very long time where we're just having mm-hmm. to submit to so much, you know, submit to this, you know, there's a quarantine going on and this is a pandemic and people are dying and, um, and this is what we have to do to fix it. Now we, you know, we've got to get these shots and, and this is another part of this privilege that I feel, I feel like all of us, not, not even white privilege, but this sense of like, I don't have to do that because it makes me uncomfortable. You know, First world I don't privilege. To, right. I don't have to get this vaccine because it makes me uncomfortable. Or I think I might have an adverse reaction. And and let me and I'm not judging people who are having that experience. You know, fear is a real thing. And, and I, I hold space for you and I love you. And I hope that you find ways to kind of step out of that at some point in your life. But it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Because we've been we've been built in this society to feel like we're supposed to have absolute control over everything and know everything. And yeah. that is such a, that is so wrong. That, that is such an untruth, you know, spiritually. Mm-hmm. And just, just as a person on the human experience and, and the journey of that. But a friend of mine was asking me, like, how do you get past the fear? How, how do you get past the fear of like, well, you're going to get this shot. And what if it kills you? You know, what if you have some adverse reaction, you know? And I just, you know, when you start really letting yourself, when you really start letting yourself go into a space of love, not just for yourself, which is important. It all starts here. You've got to have yourself love, but love for the, for the whole of humanity. I mean, I very practically and honestly was able to say, you know what, this is, this is what we're being asked to do to save lives. And if I go take this vaccine and I die, it's cool because this is just what I'm supposed to do as a responsible citizen. You know, we need to have that herd Mm -hmm. immunity. We need to, we need to do what we can. Now there are people who have anaphylaxis and things like that. And I understand I, I you know, if I, if I suffered from that, I might be a little more like, maybe I shouldn't do this. Hesitant right now. too. You know, yeah. I, yeah. And, and, and I support people who choose not to, for those reasons, there are reasons not to do this. You know, I'm not, of course. I'm not trying to, to say one, one way or the other, but I know when you really allow yourself to start stepping into a place of true faith, which is an understanding that we don't have it all figured out and, and, and true faith in a divinity that loves and supports us, even though we don't have it all figured out and we don't know everything and knowing that that divinity has got you. I mean, because I, I mean, I say this all the time. What's the literal worst thing that can happen? We die. And, mm-hmm. and then what? We're, we're, we're reconnected with the source. We're, we're right back mm. where we started. We, we're just going home. I mean, that's really the view that I have about it. And I mean, all of it, and it, and the control is an illusion anyway. It's not even real. It's mm-hmm. Fugazi. Mm-hmm. It's a Fugazi. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. yeah. It is no it's matter. A Fugazi. It exist. <laughs> I like how it all comes back to Wolf of Wall Street. Ultimately, yes. It's true though. It's a, it's a Fugazi. It's a Fugazi. It's a Fugazi. It's a... It, it, it is. It truly is. And so, I mean, you know, to get into a place where, you know, you know, as a human, you know, with an expiration date, because we do, we all have an expiration date. I mean, just lean into it, lean into mm. it, breathe into it. And mm. just allow yourself to accept, you know, I've actually meditated on that. Like, I'm going to die. I will die one day, you know, because a, a lot of our culture tells us like that we're not supposed to think about those things. And we're just, and that's another, you know, kind of toxic mindfulness that people toxic mindfulness that people get into, which is like, you should always live in the now and never anywhere else, you know, and, and there's truth to that, but there's balance, right? There's always balance. It's okay to think of, you know, to give yourself permission to think about those things that, that make us uncomfortable, you know, because mm-hmm. how do we get comfortable with it? By being in it, by allowing ourselves to be in it and to, and, and to, to be okay with it. And so I, 
you know, and, and I mean, I'll just say, you know, I don't know what happens when we die. I, I don't know exactly, you know, phrase for phrase what's going to happen when we die. But I do, but I know that we do. And I think that there's a further journey of sorts a, after we pass on. And that's all I know. I think and, so too, And I'm okay please. with that. I, I mean, I, I just have found a, a peace with that, you know? And so I... I would just say, you know, to someone who's really struggling with that, with, with, with needing to, to feel like you're in control of everything and needing to feel like, you know, you, you have, you have it all figured out. And, and, you know, and if you're someone who is, I mean, this is a complex, like people are literally overwhelmed with anxiety and fear ju just about that one thing, like that you're going to die one day. A lot of people don't even know how to process that. And it's because yeah. we've created this complex of control. There is no control. <laughs> Mm -hmm. There's no control. And once you can step into that and, and be okay with it, it is so liberating. And that's and the illusion. Yeah, step in, it, it is. And, and if you can also step into a place of, all right, I'm not in control and, it, and it's not for me to control. You have no responsibility to control mm -hmm. the world around you. You control your choices as best as you can. You know, we, we do the best that, that we can, but we've been given, but it is not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to make every choice for your children, for your spouse, People are going to do their own thing. People are living their own dream and their own reality. They're working through their own shit. And it's okay. you got to respect that. And, and same for mm -hmm. you. You need to respect that space for yourself as well as you're walking through these things. But it's okay not to know. It's okay. Mm -hmm. it, you know, I mean, just to sit in the wonder of the mystery of things. There's, there's beauty in that. And, and in a lot of ways, that, that's one of the places that I have found so much of my connection with divinity is stepping into that and accepting it. Hmm. Hmm. And it's, and that's the thing too, like, and I think that's like the perfect place to, to, to cap it because there's, there's no better way to explain it other than embrace, embrace the darkness while you're in the light and embrace the, the light when you're in the darkness. In and the that's, darkness. and that's, that's yin and yang. And that's exactly like, that's, that's Zen 101 and that's completion. That right there is what makes whole is darkness and light and having a little bit of each. And again, for those of you that, that aren't familiar, right? Yin and yang, right? The, just look at the Pepsi logo. Okay. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> it's based off of that. If you didn't know that, that's actually why they changed it a few years back. But it was like, if you look at the Pepsi logo, whatever, or you look at the famous yin and yang sign, right? The, the circle with the squiggly line in between it. Um, we'll yeah. put it in the show notes so you could see it. But um, that right there is is just an equal representation of darkness and light needing each other to coexist and 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 be able to make beautiful things in the universe. We need it's we critical. need death. We need death yes. for one for spring to come. This is yes. this is how it works. It's cyclical, and I I feel like we we need humans here, and mm -hmm. we also need we also need you know less humans here in the future too in order for more to come. And so Absolutely. that's part of what, what the seasons are about. So the, it's, yeah, well, I mean, it's evolutionary, the, but it, it it's is. beautiful. It's totally evolutionary. And, and all of that, all of those truths are mirrored in, in our natural world, in, in, in mm -hmm. nature, in, you know, in the universe, all of those truths are actually mirrored in creation around us. I mean, it, you know, if you, I mean, I've always said that creation and Richard says this a lot too, creation is our first Bible, right? It, it's, mm. it's the first place of connection that was given to us to commune with the divine and nature and the cosmos will tell you over and over again, death has to occur for, for more to, to, to transpire for something better to transpire. Things have to die. Things have to change. You know, the seed, I mean, 
change is inevitable. Change is, change is the absolute, that is the absolute truth in, in our lives is change. And, and, um, and, you know, it's, you don't ever want to get too attached to, to a routine or to, you know, anything. I mean, it, it's important to take a step back every once in a while and just say, this could change at any moment. And that's okay. Mm. Because all of this doesn't make me, I'm already whole. I'm already mm. at one with, with the divine and there's nothing I need to even do to achieve that. I just am as is. Mm. And that's, that's also a truth that I help that I think helps people kind of get out of all that fear and anxiety around things is just understanding that you're already whole. There's nothing you need to do. All of that, mm. all, that is your divine right is your wholeness. Don't mm. ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. I love that. I love that. And that's, that, that's what I want as the as the final thought on this is that is that again your your wholeness is already there and you don't need any of the stuff that we talked about to make you happy is that mm -hmm. you can be happy in and of yourself you can be happy where you're at if if you're not of course like we've talked about too multiple times on the show if there is any help that you're needing professionally though you need to go seek help professionally. And the thing is, don't go and trust your local uh, deacon, pastor, elders, whoever you normally go to, um, to provide professional help if they're not professionals. Um, mm -hmm. Please make sure that if you are going through some shit, if you're feeling depressed, if you are not feeling good, um, as much as we would love to talk to you, and I invite it if you ever want to talk, Hey, we're, yes. we, we would love to hear from you and hear your thoughts, Absolutely. but at the same time, you need to go talk to a professional is that this yes. is part of, we need to, we need to normalize this a little bit more where this is a normal thing. You're gonna, you're gonna go through moments where you are feeling religious as fuck. And other times where you feel like, I don't know what the fuck I believe. And that's okay. <laughs> it's everyone listens to this in different spots in their, in their journey, but just know we're on it with you. And, um, Thank you, Julie, for for answering so just thoughtfully and thought provokingly as usual. And um, I can't wait to have you on again soon. Awesome. Of course, my friends. Thank you so much for the time. It was a privilege. Much love, my friends. Namaste. Absolutely. Thank you guys again. And thanks for tuning in. And um, we'll put all the show notes in there. Julie, if people want to connect with you, how can they do so? How can they find you? My handle on Instagram is badcat, B-A-D-C-A-T-138. And um, you're welcome to find me on Facebook if you ever want to strike up a conversation or have questions that you'd like to ask. Um, Julie Arona, O-R-O-N-A. And I, I welcome any and all communication. Absolutely. And, and of course, we, we um, send, send as much love and as appreciation as possible to Julie because I love her. <laughs> and um, if you mess with Julie, you mess with me. So just know that I love, <laughs> I love Julie and she is family. So in more ways than one, she is awesome. So thank you, Julie, for your time. And uh, thank you, Derek, as well for producing this stuff. And if you haven't had a chance yet to check out Back Home Media, please make sure you go check them out. Um, we couldn't do it without their help and their support. So um, please feel free to go check that out. We'll put the links in the show notes for you. And we will see you next time on this wonderful podcast that is ever evolving in season two. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>